Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast, the podcast where we talk about two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult, and tell you whether or not you should watch them. Uh, but we also talk about all sorts of interesting things because... We all have different opinions, different views, and we'd like to give you a little film history background for these guys. So uh, this is part two of our two-part double feature, Mortal-like Combat. Last week, we talked about 2021's reboot of the video game-themed film, Mortal Kombat. Uh, we gave it a thumbs up, although there are definitely some things that could have been done differently but overall found it to be a pretty enjoyable cgi and practical effect film violent uh video game film i really it felt like a video game film and that's what it advertised itself and that's what we wanted so we got it this week with part two we have 1993's immortal combat with roddy piper and sonny chiba now if those two names coming together is sort of a surprise to you it was to me too uh i never thought to put these two together but um uh, here we are. I actually am glad that they came together because this is a fun film to talk about. This came out in 1993, a year after Mortal Kombat the game sort of took the world by storm, hence why they cashed in with the title Immortal Kombat. I don't know if the film was originally um, optioned under a, a different name and this was used to cash in the game or if they actually were like, ooh, uh, we're going to call this Mortal Kombat, uh, Immortal Kombat, excuse me. Don't you want to uh, put it out now? And of course, it predates the original Paul W.S. Anderson Mortal Kombat video game film by two years. So they probably got quite a few rentals with some confusion. Uh, I believe the tagline is even something like uh, Immortal Soldiers, uh, this is not a game. So they, they very well were playing on the fact that it was close to the, the video game name Mortal Kombat. Uh, so when I see a 90s movie with two disparate um, high-level stars, let's say, um, either, uh, either high-praise stars for direct-to-video rental stuff or foreign stars like Sony Chiba, I usually think, oh, this is going to be awful. And the reason I say that is because they are banking on the, the leads drawing viewers in and they think that they don't have to worry about the rest of the film. That's not always the case. Um, and I think that this is an entertaining film, but there's so much to talk about. So let's get to the plot, which is flimsy. Uh, it's so flimsy that I would not balance a piece of popcorn on it. 
the plot is that some company, uh, Hydro something, uh, it's like Hydra. It doesn't matter. Uh, some some evil corporation is uh, has works on an island in the. Uh, you know what? Doesn't even matter. They work on an island somewhere in South America, and what they do is they bring in uh, really good fighters, and then they kill them, and then they use ancient Mayan technology to bring them back to life as. Uh, immortal soldiers that uh are evil and also can only be destroyed either by fire or by being beheaded so uh in comes roddy piper who is a police officer as is sonny chiba who is his partner and of course sonny chiba guys is, is his real name is or was shinichi chiba uh we lost him in i believe 2021 uh and he fantastic absolutely fantastic action star some amazing japanese cinema he played hotori hanzo in uh, the kill bill films uh he incredible every time he's even in this film every time he's on screen it doesn't matter what he's doing there is just this presence and he makes everyone around him even highly trained stunt people look, look like, like amateurs, amateurs. exactly yes. he's he's a absolute delight um and for those watching us on YouTube, sometimes uh, uh, guest Jeff is popping in on the screen. Because, toasty. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> Toasty, because uh, he is he's 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 got to got to be the focus of attention, and uh, and we're, he's we're with him in spirit. So Shinichi uh, Chiba is is in this as another cop. He spends most of the movie not being in it. Uh, the middle of the movie does not contain much of him. Uh, but basically, Roddy Piper uh, is, and, and Sony Chiba, and their other police officer who is not in the rest of the movie, um, are at a party for some rich people, and then a fight breaks out because they're crashing the party where, I guess, some creepy stuff's happening. And they're having fun getting beat up and beating people up and don't realize that the only female cop that's in the movie at all uh, is upstairs getting murdered by a crazy serial killer who likes to cut uh, his symbol into his victim's stomachs. And he doesn't really have a backstory except that he's crazy and he happens to be one of these immortal soldiers. Um, he is played uh, by giant human being, uh, Darren B who Darren McBee actually goes on to be in 1995's Mortal Kombat film as Motaro. So that was cool. Uh, he also is in, I always think of him as uh, the, the muscle guy in uh, the Vegas section of Avira, Mistress of the Dark. You know who I think him as? Who? Malibu from American Gladiators. That's right. He's Malibu from American Gladiators. Uh, he's... He, he does his role well. He's giant. He's super buff. He has long hair. And he literally just like crab walks around people in this movie, holding his hands out, going raw, like screaming, literally just screaming. He's like a and, professional wrestler, which is funny because Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. That's right. Roddy Piper is our lead, of course, from They Live, Hell Comes to Frog Town. Uh, just, <laughs> I mean, really, lots, lots, and lots, and lots of movies that have been under his belt. Uh, and I gotta say, he's kind of charming in a weird way. I mean, he always carries this like 80s American schmuck vibe with him. 
and uh, and that's why he did well in They Live, and he brings that same to a to a smaller to a more downplayed level of um, of ugly American charisma, if that if I can coin that phrase, to this movie. Uh, the idea that him and Sony Chiba are partners is I find laughable, but at the end of the film, in the final third, I should say, they come together because they've been apart for most of the movie because Roddy Piper is on an island and Sony Chiba is conveniently resting an injured arm with his adopted daughter, uh, which is a nice way of saying he only filmed for probably like a day or two. Uh, so he's not in the rest of the movie, but we can film this bunch and intersperse them these scenes throughout. But when they actually are together at the end of the film, uh, they have I think they have fun chemistry. It's they they could be a buddy cop team uh, and they could have carried the whole movie that way. Uh, but anyway, it's I, I don't remember where I left off on the plot because it's not important. Mayan technology is being used by this company <laughs> to do God knows what the villain is. Uh, there's a bunch of people with this company, but it's really it's mostly Meg Foster, who is uh, a personal favorite. She's always great. She was also in They Live. She played Holly. She played Evelyn in The Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren. Uh, she's been in Rob Zombie's last few films. She's great. She also does a lot of voice acting now. She played Hera in um, the uh, Xena Warrior Princess show with Lucy Lawless and, and Hercules Legendary Journeys. Like she's been in a million things she has striking blue eyes um she's a very much a sex symbol in in the 80s and 90s and in this she plays the evil like matron of this company uh that is seems to be run more like a plantation i, I don't like it's just a weird vibe i don't really understand the connection with the company but she mostly is just like this extremely sexual character who turns everything sexual but also is the villain in charge of this for her husband's there too, but I don't know. He's a cuckold. And who cares and, about him? Yeah. He barely in the movie. Um, I just, I can't go on without talking about the opening of this movie before I get to your guys impression, because it is the most insane racist opening I have ever. It is, it is wild. And we're especially, it's especially weird because of course now, thanks to our ex-president idiot, Donald Trump, um, we have uh, lots of uh, an increase in, in anti-Asian violence, but it is so wild because we have Woon Young Park, who is a, I believe he's South Korean. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's a stunt guy. So he's been in, a, um, I mean, he was in everything from Avengers Endgame to he had a bit part in Reminiscence with Hugh Jackman um, last year. So he's still acting, still very much there, still very fit. But anyway, he's like this hulking fit, Asian man and it opens with him in bed with Meg Foster and then she's like oh, my husband is coming he's incredibly jealous you have to leave and he runs out of the window and goes running without his shirt through like the jungle of this island at which point the husband comes in and is like how could you how could you sleep with such an ugly man and they reference his ugliness like a hundred times and the, and he's like a beautiful human being it's just he's Asian and it's just the weirdest thing because you're like, are they just saying that because he's Asian? I don't understand what they're saying here. Like they don't give him any scars. He's just like a perfectly waxed muscle builder. Like- Hey, I was also really confused by that. Yeah, thank you. I was just like, thank what is- you. Thank like you. <laughs> every time they say, and then, and then like, 
And she does, although Meg Foster's character has some really great lines. The best line of the whole movie is in that first three minutes. She's like, her husband's like, how could you sleep with such an ugly monster? And she's like, um, uh, all men are the same. When I when close, I close my, my eyes, eyes, all men such are the same. Such a good line. I was like, oh, am I in a Tennessee Williams play? Like, my, wife, my wife was like, eh, it's kind of true. I mean, it was crazy. I, I, I just, every, every man just, just, just felt smaller at that moment. It was a brilliant <laughs> line. And, um, but anyway, so then we're still in the first five minutes. Um, this man is running through the woods and then he's accosted by uh, Darren's character, Darren McBee, and um, who just shouts generic Asian stereotypes at him. He, it, it's like, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he mixes, mixes different Asian countries. It's like, it's like he says, like, um, get ready to, you know. Meet Buddha. Get ready to, yeah, he actually says, get ready to meet Buddha. And he's like, and eat rice, Jackie Chan. Like, it's the most <laughs> insane, like, just gibberish. And I'm hoping it was scripted because those are really weird things to, to, if he was just like, just make fun of him. And they were like, all right, I got this. Like, let me pull out my, my Don Rickles anti-Asian dictionary. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing. And I was like, is this movie going to literally just be beating up Asian people the whole time? I'm like, Sonny Chiba's in this. That's not going to work. Um, but no, it does go. It's just that sort of special 1990s action movie racism that's like, it's, it was written by white people who were operating under the <laughs> that umbrella concept of racism is over, so let's make fun of it because it's it's allowed. When, of course, that is true madness we know now. Like, our generation knows that that's not true, and I'm sure others did as well. But I didn't know that growing up. This is what every movie was like growing up. Every movie was essentially, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, like, uh, are you gonna kung fu me, Bruce Lee? Like, it's just, it's just this sort of wild anti-Asian insanity. Um, so anyway, so that was that was the opening of the movie, and it just, it it had me both cringing but also riveted. Like, is this what is? Where is this gonna go? Like, we could go real crazy with this, but it turns out it was just some uh, old-fashioned 1990s racism. <laughs> anyway um <laughs> that that man's character is killed but he is resurrected as uh the a a wound park wound young parks um character is resurrected because that's what they do they collect fighters they kill them and they resurrect them as evil fighters okay uh anyway so roddy piper is really angry that his the female cop that he should have been protecting because he's the man murmur uh he's angry uh, so he goes to this island to to follow up on us uh, i don't know where you got the tip but anyway this this company and he finds out they're doing something shady and he sort of falls for a newspaper reporter because that's what happens in action movies uh who is trying to get the scoop on this company as well and uh it's laura stanick i believe is who plays the newspaper lady or is it is it Kim Morgan Green? I'm trying to piece together from, this is one of those movies where there's a lot of characters that have no role. And so I'm often confused, like who played what? Um, I actually believe it's Kim Morgan Green who plays the journalist. And she's the love interest. She's also literally a Karen. Uh, she 
essentially berates everyone she comes in contact with. Now, to be fair, the first time we see her interaction, it is with a super douchey guy who's like trying to like force his way onto her. And Roddy Piper's character gets rid of him. At which point afterwards, uh, she is a Karen to him and is like, because there's a room mistake, right? And he's eating her food and they're in the same room because their last names are really similar. And uh, we get some hijinks thereafter. Eventually she comes around. They eventually, I, I don't know if they fall in love, but they become an item uh, at which point she's kidnapped and then he has to go save her. And at that point, Sonny Chiba is healed and he uh, has an entire emotional journey in a different movie uh from this one and, and he comes back and then he helps roddy piper to take down this company and save the girl now the reason i say a different movie is because as i said he clearly was only filming for a day or two and uh and his other movie takes place with his adopted daughter who he drops the bombshell on before he leaves that her mother was killed not by a mystery assailant but by him when he accidentally shot her while pursuing a perp and she is understandably upset at first i thought maybe she was overreacting because it was an accident i know that's a crazy thing to say i don't know what you would feel like but i mean she is an adult but then she's quickly like more just angry that he's like like you lied to me and you're leaving and could die like that's a fair understandably fair thing but that's his explanation for why he uses uh, a samurai sword and fights with martial arts instead of using a gun her send-off to him is please use a gun here's a gun and she gives him a gun it is i don't know it's beautiful it's <laughs> it's so wild and then there's actually this moment like there's i don't remember the line exactly but roddy piper and sonny chiba it's near the end um so they're both together on the island sonny chiba has this great bit where he essentially has brought like an entire armory of ninja shit and he's painting himself up like he's one of schwarzenegger's troops in the predator and and he has ninja stars and all this stuff and he's just kicking headband he's just kicking ass uh, taking no names, none of it matters. Uh, he is a delight. But there's one moment where Son Ruddy Piper, who, by the way, has done nothing approaching Sonny Chiba's character's level of destruction on this company, um, <laughs> is like, well, uh, I, you know, how are you going to do it if you don't use a gun, Kimosabi? <laughs> At which point, Sonny Chiba pulls out the small Saturday night special that his daughter has given him. And, and Roddy Piper's like, and Roddy Piper says like the most insane thing ever. It's something like, um, do so you can finally be a cop, point it and blast away. And I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And like, it was, it was, it was Incredible. as if you found an ancient Sumerian tablet and you pulled it out and it said 2020 is gonna suck. Like it was the most <laughs> like telling insane futuristic like force it was just wild it, it didn't it aged so poorly that it became profound i didn't know that could happen um but anyway didn't he, didn't didn't sunny chiba literally like after he got the gun did he say like anything that moves gets plugged or something yes, similar yes it was like you're finally a cop and it's like anything that moves bang bang or something like it was, <laughs> it was just the most i'm like Oh, that's what it was. Roddy Piper's like, so what happens if a celeb if a civilian gets gets in the way of a situation? Like anything that moves gets plugged. And you're like, oh, okay. I think we need to take the gun back now. It should have been the actual. Like, thing. So he, he didn't need it. Um, 
so anyway uh there's some other things that happen but mostly that's the movie uh and then there's the big showdown at the end where they have to destroy the super soldiers and take down the company whatever but mandy what were you expecting from immortal combat and what did you get when you started to watch it acting like some kind of knockoff that came like after the initial like mortal Kombat movie not so close to release of the video game mm-hmm. um i mean it's just like i just found myself laughing at like the real speed fighting like it just gave me <laughs> yeah. a lot of respect for how like highly produced like action fight movies are filmed to yeah. look like fast and powerful and um people have like you know like the characters have more stamina than is like realistic and stuff because when you see people actually tussle like at real speed in real life from like a far shot you're like wow they're like moving so slow and that doesn't look that uh aggressive at all i know that's wow or it looks, or it looks like two big wet worms moving in the dirt <laughs> Once they yes. hit the ground. When they're on, I know, yeah. Yet. Yeah, yes. so it just gave me, like, this movie, like, <laughs> I was not expecting to gain so much respect for other fighty fight movies um, <laughs> from this film. But the way that it was, um, like, kind of, the way that it was shot um, in a, like, kind of lower production um, value way, like, it was just like, oh, okay, now I see why they do the things that they do in other films like a lot more um i mean i was expecting kind of the racism and the sexism and the ridiculousness <laughs> um some of the the karenness did come off as actually like kind of a pretty great like strong female yeah semi-lead character which was really nice like a nice unexpected thing from this film um but it wasn't really consistent because then they had like that last scene which I had to like rewind and be like did i miss something yeah and i was like nope they just they just put that weird last scene where she gets like all dressed up hookered up you mean yeah hookered up yeah she, she looks up she breakfast. looks worse yeah she looks worse when she like, walks like, out than she, like, like she's very didn't... thin and then she wears this hardcore red hoochie dress like yes it's just with like 12 inch heels and you're like I'm sorry are you going to i thought you were a journalist like what right their <laughs> hair and makeup and switch like i didn't even recognize her like i had to i was just like where did this even come from like i must have blinked and like missed something it's uh, it's like, like the costumer didn't understand. understand the concept of shooting day for night and thought they were actually like no you make everything look like they're going to the club in the middle of the day you know, like that's not what it means um but i also don't understand like the jump in like what happens in the movie it feels like there was just something really missing in there between like the previous scene with her and then that um i just fair it was just i was like wait that's how this ends like this is just just so weird they had so many other choices that they could do based on what her character was like earlier in the film and like this is what we get and it's disappointing um I really, I mean, you explaining the plot to, to us, like, through this, I understand a lot more than what I did actually watching the movie, is, I uh, think. This, this is a quick um, question. Is your, yeah. is, is our, is our sometimes contributor, Jeff, playing a mandolin? 
Oh, dude, that's that is um my parent practicing the ukulele. That so is I'm adorable. No, it is. All I was gonna say is that so I recently watched, <laughs> um, in addition to all the other things I watched, uh, the Japanese two-part television series event corpse prison which is based on a comic which has uh lots of um uh limb severing and and rape from sort of ostracized japanese community men and uh all the violence in that movie is underscored with like string instruments and so i was like i was like mandy i don't mean to alarm you but you need to be very cautious right now uh okay back to the point um yeah so i i don't yeah it's one of those things where they were like, I think they were like, um, so it's an action movie. We got to have uh, two people that aren't very alike joking with each other. We got to have uh, the Asian guy who does martial arts. We got to have uh, the giant muscled black man who uh, has a heart of gold, which we do. We get him in the from from veteran character actor who's been in everything tom lister jr uh he is uh, a delight he was of course the president Lindbergh and fifth fifth element he's friday jackie brown wishmaster 2 which was the first thing i remember him in uh, although he did stuff before and, and after anyway he's sort of the um the the big fighter with a heart of gold and they imply kind of simple, simple brains, but not, not a bad guy who uh, resists the programming of the Mayan technology and refuses to fight uh, against his fr former friends. And uh, I will say we get an interesting scene. One of the scenes I like with Roddy Piper is with Tom Lister Jr. When they're, they meet is when they meet is on the boat that's taking uh, Roddy Piper to the island in the, in the beginning. And um he it's after Roddy def essentially knocks around this guy that was hitting on uh, the character of Karen and uh, Lister Jr. says like, Hey, that was nice what you did there. And it was so funny because my wife was watching with me and she just looked at me and she said, I envy how men make friends. And it's kind of true. Like there's this childlike thing where it's like, you like me, I friend. Like, it's just this instant, like, and it doesn't, it doesn't always happen like that in real life, but it is this stupid, like, child friend moment that's, that happens. Um, and I understand that's how we all became friends. I think so. Like, oh, you sit alone at lunch playing magic with other person alone. I friend <laughs> you now. Like, it's just that really clumsy, like, uh, fall fate. Like, we both have turtle lunchbox. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. And it was, I liked that moment. I thought it was a, a genuinely nice moment. Um, now, can we talk though about how weird it is that, again, the plot, so thin, so flimsy, that he meets him on the boat and he's like, oh, I'm going there to fight professional-like. Like, like uh, you want to come see it? And he's like, yeah, come, you know. And then he, of course, Roddy Piper, he's fighting, the guy's fighting for the company because they want to kill him and turn him into a soldier why he has to fight i don't understand but um but roddy piper goes to watch it but really he's breaking into the compound so he like parks outside and like hops a fence and then gets there and the guy's like whoa, whoa he's a friend of mine i'm like how did you did you tell him to come there how did you do that could you have like what the hell is happening right now it's the, and it's in the middle of the night like they're night shooting in this lit by like jeep headlamps like it's just the weirdest scene i don't I don't understand the concept um, that they were going for, but it was a different 
location than the others. So, I mean, they really did make do with whatever weird shit they had lying around. Like, we have a field. Let's do it. Um, again, doesn't read evil corporation. Reads, like, reincarnated slave owners building an army to take down uh, the Union. Like, it's just a weird vibe across the board. Uh, but let's get to Tad. Tad, what did you expect going into Immortal Kombat? And what did you get when you watched Immortal Kombat? Um, I didn't know what Immortal Kombat meant. I thought that it was going to be like a play on words because this is, after all, a 90s martial arts film. And then it found out it's literal. So that surprised me a little bit. Um, it's like, okay, so these people are essentially immortals and they're fighting. Okay, I get it. You know what we haven't talked about yet, Nate? The best scene in this entire movie, which was Sonny Chiba. And this is one of the most creative things I've ever seen. And I think it's one of my favorite martial arts fights I've ever seen now. Is him, uh, uh, Roddy Piper's character talking about that fight in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. Where he whips out the sword and he doesn't want to kill anybody. And he's clearly very yeah. well versed in Bushido. I've never seen that either. And I've never seen it again. He turns the blade around and uses the blunt end to beat the ever-living fuck out of everybody in the, in the, in the house not killing anybody and best part is you can see that the sword is visibly getting dented from all the stunt work it's literally yeah. getting beat up and it was amazing and a lot of that great. stuff was done in one take like because sunny Kiba doesn't fuck around he's jumping off he jumps off the spiral staircase and i mean and he's he's older at this point i mean he's not old but he's not the young man he was in street fighter return of the right. street fighter uh, so it's just i agree i literally was i was i was gagged when i saw that because i was like this is something I've never seen before. Uh, I'm sure it's been done, but it certainly hasn't been done enough because it's a great concept and a great device. And he he turns it. I mean, he really. And it's a you know, it's a it may be a a, a, a stunt blade, but it's a real metal blade that is curvature. It's not a straight blade, so like yeah. it's different, and you can see it. And they didn't do anything crazy about it. It was, it was just great. And I agree. It's one of those things. It's a it's a testament to how physically and well-trained Sonny Chiba was because he's fast. I mean, yeah. those stunts are done at full speed. He goes right at you. And I also love when the slow motion thing, when he jumps off the, 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 the spiral staircase, and it's very realistic in terms of being tactical in your fighting is instead of like doing a jump kick right into the guy's face or something, he actually plants his feet right on the guy's weapon so that he can't do anything and puts him right in the ground. Yeah. And I was like, this is brilliant. And it's so sad that they take all that brilliance of that scene and the rest of the movie is a pacing nightmare. There's nothing going on for like, I swear, <laughs> an hour after that. It's like Roddy Piper has a bunch of lines. In fact, I, he's like a mad dog in this. And I, I grew up watching Roddy Piper as a wrestler. So I absolutely expected all of this. Rowdy he, Roddy Piper. Yeah. He, at some point he grabs like in the, in the same scene, he grabs some dude in the head and literally starts shoving his head, like thrusting his head into the pavement going die. And he <laughs> says die multiple no, times throughout this movie. That was so funny. It was because it's so weird. Cause it's, it's like, he's a cop and also he's not killing the guy. So it's just, it's a weird, like, it's like, it's like a kid drawing an action scene on the back of his homework in the middle of class. Like, <laughs> it's like, uh, people may not know what's happening. So he has to say, die, die, die. It's just, it's so classic Roddy because he can't just, he always, he has to be very verbal and like stomp around and like act very animated when he's doing stuff. And it's just, he's so loud. 
and he's he has the, the bad loudest. hair he has the yeah. bad hair still like it's always like it's it's him like if you you could almost say like uh this is after they live you know like he he they they wiped his brain and now he's he's living they're like you're a cop now and he's like i'm a cop now uh <laughs> you know uh it's 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 sort of i'm a cop would, now die die i would actually say that nothing like things happen but for no the plot doesn't drive them to happen which makes it feel like nothing which is very much mirrors mortal Kombat 2021 which you talked about last episode there are great fight scene in the beginning there's great fight scenes at the end and in the middle we get a lot of scenes put together to make this a uh, hour and a half long movie and interestingly enough this movie is only this is one minute shorter than mortal Kombat. they are essentially the same length um and very this is a very long movie for a movie that has the flimsiest plot in history yeah and that's and that's coming from us just watching a movie where the plot is uh fighting outer spacemen from another world to protect world for world yeah this fighty fight movie doesn't have much of a plot to go on um i do love that they put in uh uh the mayan technology or spell or whatever it is it makes no sense also i love that they're allowing tour the evil corporation is allowing tours about 10 feet from the Mayan temple that has the secret they have. Uh, and don't, don't, don't take any pictures. You can look at it. Just don't take any pictures. Don't take any pictures. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> I, I actually, I actually sort of found the middle part watchable, if not particularly brilliant. Um, I thought that overall the dialogue and everything, it was better than the bad dialogue in Mortal Kombat 2021, but and also, I'll say this, I mean, we have the DVD copy here. It's another one of those DVD copies that's just a direct VHS transfer and not even a good one. It's like a real rundown copy. Um, I, this is one that I wouldn't be shocked if it got picked up and put out by a boutique um, distributor, but they wouldn't put it on a single disc. It would be like a double feature uh, with like Christopher Lambert and Ice-T and Mean Guns. You know what I mean? Like it would have to be a double feature. Um, but let's just get to the ending real quick uh, and then we can can give our recommendations because the ending is a big fight between um uh uh doran uh Darren, excuse me uh mcbee uh who's crazy yelling psychopath and everyone else and uh we get of course the uh, the the super ugly uh hot asian guy who's become a, a villain soldier gets um decapitated right i believe um, he gets decapitated, which is a nice thing. Although we don't see the best part, which is, you know, the head roll, head fly. They could have done that. They didn't. I thought that was a little sad. But uh, Sony Chiba does decapitate him with a nice sword strike. So good on you. And then we go to uh, the Meg Foster, the sexy villainess, like in the field watching this all unfold while they, while Roddy Piper gets his ass kicked by uh, an American gladiator. And then covers him with gasoline and lights him on fire this is actually another great moment though that i just i wasn't expecting a couple of really great moments in this movie because it does look by for all intents and purposes like a uh video rental store cash-in uh of the mortal Kombat name and it's he's engulfed in flames at which point he runs to meg foster's character because he likes to hear women scream and he bear hugs her and ignites her in flame. And then they run back into the shack and the whole thing burns down. And it was cool because I hadn't seen or don't remember seeing um, 
one fire covered stunt person tackle another person and ignite them on fire. I thought that was an interesting touch. I'm, I'm sure, again, I'm sure it's happened at some point, but the sort of like single to dual burning was a new thing that I hadn't seen before. And it, I mean, it works well, like that's such a classic stunt. Those are real people that are on fire. Um, and it's, it's a crazy stunt that, that you don't see that much anymore. Um, and it, it served my purposes as a climactic moment. Uh, I mean, it was the most shocking thing I'd seen until uh, uh, Karen came out in that hoochie dress um, in the last scene. So I, I'm going to go with that. Uh, let's move on to our recommendations. Uh, we're going to go here. Tad, would you recommend 1993's Immortal Combat with Roddy Piper and Sony Chiba? And if so, why and to who? I absolutely would. Hi, Jeffrey. I would recommend this movie to Jeffrey because he didn't watch it. Um, but uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, this, um, even though I found it sometimes hard to follow, um, I absolutely love watching Roddy Piper movies. They're all fantastic. Uh, he overacts to all hell. As a matter of fact, I, I think it's one of the best things about Roddy is that he seems to need to narrate what he's doing anytime he's doing something like, and that <laughs> scene where he's lighting the, the lighting, like dousing them in gasoline. He's like, here, have some gasoline or something like that. It's like, Roddy, you don't need to tell us what you're doing. We understand what you're doing, but it, it's okay. Keep going, Roddy. We're, we're fine. To, to be clear, he might have a head injury. I mean, he did take a oh, lot of hits to. on the mat. So, you know, it could be that he doesn't have an option, you know, like I'm going to use the restroom now. Um, <laughs> So and it's just like a wrestling thing, like for stadium performances. Well, yeah, and it's not a hit on like anybody. Head injuries are no joke, but you know, they, there's that <laughs> there's that argument that they're like, why did we get the idea that pirates say arg? And they're like, well, they had a lot of, and there's actually like people who are making the argument that they get hit by sailing booms a lot and their heads get hit a lot. And so they actually probably had a lot of people with, with mental damage. And so R was probably just a translation of unable to speak. I don't know. That seems a little questionable to me, but maybe Ronnie Piper and his narration is actually an argument to back that up. I mean, I'm going to so, let the scholars discuss that. Are you saying that pirates have arguments? R. Continue with your recommendation. Yes. So, um, I would recommend this to the normal people who want a, a good martial arts film. And the whole time I was watching this, I'm there's so much in this movie that I actually really loved and was really unique. Um, even if a lot of the uh, meat of the movie was kind of not there or flimsy, it made me want to watch the ultimate fight again because it's the pinnacle for me. Like in terms of really cheesy action films, like that was the... Yeah. I was going to say, and, and go back and listen to our, our uh, martial arts episode where we talked about um, Undefeatable with Cynthia Rothrock uh, and uh, the process, also known as the ultimate fight with Ernie Reyes Jr. Because that's actually what I was thinking when I saw this is I'm like, this would be a fun double bill with the ultimate fight. This oh one would God, be first, yeah. uh, you know, but like then you get the ultimate fight. So I, I can totally see that. Mandy, would you recommend Immortal Kombat 1993? And if so, why and to who? Eh, I would not recommend this one. It was a dated snooze fest <laughs> compared to the newer um, Mortal Kombat, which was slow in pacing, but uh, a lot brighter in um, current day. 
That's true. And I mean, Mortal Kombat does have like arm shattering, freezing, and uh, and and lots of and dismemberment. This one has one decapitation, which we don't get to see, but it does have two people burning alive. So I, I would recommend this film to 80s and 90s action lovers. Uh, I mean, I just watched Black Cobra, um, which which or or a. Uh, uh, Cobra Nero, as it's actually originally known from, I think, 1987, uh, which uh, I really enjoyed, uh, even though it's essentially a ripoff of several other movies. This is sort of in that vein. It's like, um, if you if you can sit through Steven Seagal movies and enjoy it, <laughs> you won't have a problem enjoying Immortal Kombat. Um, now, if you uh, think like uh, the 007 movie Casino Royale is like, your kind of action flick this is probably not going to meet that expectation um it there's the depth is not there um but you do get sony chiba and if you're a sony chiba fan i mean if you are like me and you watch street fighter and return of the street fighter all the time then check it out because sony chiba is a legend and in, even though he's not in a whole bunch of scenes in this movie um it's worth it for as tad said the the backward sword fight scene is brilliant and just and watching him jump around as a ninja like he's at the uh, end of Miami Connection it, it's just it, it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant I love it uh, so I'd recommend it that anybody else uh, you can probably skip it and also you probably won't be able to find it so uh, I found this in a state sale it's not expensive if you find it but uh, it can be a a tough one. So uh, I bought it off a dead guy. That's how I got it. All righty. Thank you guys so much for being here for part two of uh, Mortal Light Combat. Uh, we will be back next week with a brand new double feature uh, for your viewing or listening pleasure, depending on whether you're listening to us, wherever you get your favorite podcast or favorite podcasts and make sure you rate us uh, as many stars as possible wherever you get your podcast so others can find us write a review we love it uh, if you send us a screenshot of the review to cult and classic podcast at gmail.com i will send you some cool cult and classic swag uh, to impress your friends and if you don't have any friends to pin on your wall also you can follow us at cult and classic podcast on instagram or facebook.com slash cult and classic podcast and you can watch us at uh, youtube Colton Classic Podcast. I'm getting all my social media stuff mixed up because I'm still thinking about that double burning at the end of Immortal Kombat. Uh, so there you go. That's been this episode of Colton Classic Podcast. Please listen, rate, subscribe, like, all that crap. And to play us out, as always, is the Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.